Welcome to Mosaic Church, and thank you for joining us here online. To prepare for today's message, we encourage you to utilize the Mosaic Cincinnati app. There, you can view the message notes, put in prayer requests, and so much more. Enjoy the message. Go ahead, open up your Bibles to Luke 1. That's where we're going to be this morning. We're going to be talking about hope. Because, man, it's Christmas, right? Christmas is a time of hope. And so, Luke... Um, there's a little bit of debate on who actually wrote the book of Luke, but scholars say that it was written by a guy named Luke. Um, that's their best guess for who wrote it. Um, and this book, Luke, the author, who we think it is, um, was a doctor. And so he's a very detail-oriented guy. He, he's really um, meticulous in the way that he presents the gospel. And he's writing this book It's a guy named Theophilus. And so this is how Luke opens up his book. He says this, starting in verse one. Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. And so what Luke is trying to say here to Theophilus is there's a lot of people that are talking about Jesus. People that have interacted with Jesus, they've they've had their lives changed. And so they're writing accounts about what they experienced with him. And so he continues, he says, they use the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I also have decided to write an accurate account for you, most honorable Theophilus. And here's the key right here at the end. So you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. So Luke is writing this gospel to bring truth to Theophilus. Trying to, you know, confirm what he's learning about Jesus. And the truth that Luke is trying to point Theophilus to is what we call the good news. And this is our sermon series for the next month, talking about Christmas, but it's the good news. And the good news is super simple. It's something that you've probably all heard before, but it's this, is that God loves you. That's it. I know that that seems very elementary, but that is the good news. That's the gospel, that God loves you. God loves you so much that he sent his son, Jesus, into the world to live and show you and me the love that God has for us. That's that's what he came to do. And that same son lived among humans. He taught us how to live by, by living the perfect life. He died on a cross for our sins, the things that we do that separate us from God. And he rose again from the grave, conquering not only sin, but death itself, so that we can live with God forever. That's what happened. That's the good news for you and I today. We get to live in that reality. And it all started here at Christmas. That's where the good news started, here. What we're celebrating this month, that the Son of God came into the world. And hopefully, knowledge of that, knowledge that God loves you, he loves me, he loves this world, hopefully brings us hope, right? That man, there's a a person that created us, that cares about us, he loves us. So church, if you don't hear anything I say, the rest of today, and that's fine, you can drop me out. Hear this, God loves you. Let that sink into your heart today. 
God loves you. He loves you. But not only does he love you, he desires to draw near to you. Isn't that awesome? That man, he doesn't love you from a distance. He actually wants proximity with you. God loves you, and he desires to be near you. And we see that throughout Scripture, but I want to focus on this verse in Isaiah 7. Isaiah, 7 chapter, er, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14 says this. It's a prophecy that a prophet Isaiah brings to Israel, and it's really meant for all of us today. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which means God is with us. You know, I, man, I was reading this this week, and it kind of blew me away. Emmanuel, which means God with us. God literally names his one and only son the expression of his heart that he desires to be near you and I. Can you believe that? That Emmanuel, which means God with us, is an expression of, of God the Father desiring you and desiring me. It's a name of affection. It's a name of love. And man, I, I just can't believe, like I can't wrap my head around that. I don't know. Growing up, names meant a lot in our family. So to give you some context, my name is a Nigerian name. My parents are from Nigeria. And the name means to walk in God's footsteps. That's what Sobi means. Now, I'm not saying that me being named that, you know, made me walk in God's footsteps. You know, the reality is I actually walked away from God for a long time. But man, I, I really believe when my parents picked that name for me, it was a prayer that they prayed over my life. That man, God, we pray that this kid would walk in your footsteps. God, we pray that he wouldn't move away from you. And even if he, he moves away, Lord God, may you draw him near. I believe that. And I believe that's why I'm standing here today doing what I'm doing. But man, there's so much power in names, right? Especially when they're God-given. So Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Church, hear that today. God desires to be near to you. And that's the good news. That's the gospel. God loves you. He desires to be near to you. And I really believe that maybe some of us need to hear that today. Maybe you're like me back then, running away from God, and today you just need to hear that God loves you, he desires to be near to you. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know all of your backgrounds, but I know the Christmas season can have mixed emotions. It can be good, it, but it can also remind us of a lot of grief and loss in our life. And man, hear this encouragement today that God loves you and desires to be near to you. And hopefully that knowledge brings us hope. And so today we're going to kind of break down what it means to have hope. You know, today, um, or this week, Joe and I, we're going to switch here. All right. Oh, ho, ho, there you go. You can hear me now, right? All right. So this week, Joe and I were kind of talking through this message, and we were talking about this verse in Isaiah 7, um, and really, you know, what this means in terms of the context of the Christmas story. And Joe had his own translation of what 
you know, a Joe translation of the Bible, which I really love. And so we're going to read the, the JTL or JD, JDT. There we go. JDT, Joe Denbo translation of Isaiah 7. Let me read it again. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so here's Joe's translation. Listen up. Something impossible is going to happen in your life. And your future will look completely different than your past. I love that. Can we clap it up for Joe? That's a good, that's a good translation there. I love that. And really, I think what Joe's trying to say is that God loves you too much to leave you where you're at, right? He loves you too much. He cares about you too much. And he wants to do something new in you today. Now, some of you may be thinking, man, there's... There's very little new that God can do in my life. And let me tell you right now, that's a lie from the enemy that you should not believe. God is always in the business of making things new, even within your life. And so I implore you today, I implore you today to have a humble heart as we navigate the word today. Because God may be doing something new in you. And we're going to talk about how we have hope in that, that God can do new things in us. There's good news for us even today. And you're not too old. You're not too far gone. You're you're not anywhere outside of his realm of doing something new in you. Because I think there's sometimes where we feel like, man, I just I have enough. And we get content in that, that, man, if we have enough, we're good. But man, you may have enough. I may have enough. But God has abundance church. He has more for you. And the knowledge that he has something new for you can bring you hope because new things bring hope. You know, I remember when I got, I, before I had the car that I have now, I had a Kia Rio, super small car. I'm not going to lie. It was an awful car, but it was a car. And so I could drive, I could, I could get to places. It, it got me through college. But man, when I got this new t- 2021 Corolla Hybrid, let me tell you, I had some new hope, right? Like I was cruising like a rock star because I felt good. And man, I, I really feel like new things bring us hope. And that's the beauty of Christmas is that God brought something new into the world and it changed the hope for humanity, right? Jesus came and now there was hope for the world. We no longer were dead in our sin. We now became alive in Christ. And so there's something new for us today. But, tr- but church, the, the key is that we got to believe that, right? We got to believe it. When we believe, we can see hope behind the new thing that God's doing. And so that's what we're going to look at in Luke chapter 1. So Luke chapter 1, go ahead and get there again. I know I skipped to Isaiah, but we're going to go back to Luke, all right? And let's work with this definition of hope today. Hope is allowing God the room to move and believing he can do it. That's what hope is. Allowing God the room to do what he wants to do and believing that he actually will come through. And so we're going to continue with verse 5 in Luke chapter 1. We're going to read this awesome story about Zechariah and Elizabeth. And we're going to break down how we experience hope today. So Luke chapter one, verse five, when Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah, 
He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zachariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the, all the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, Zachariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. You know, I read that, and you think a lot, and you think a chance, but man, I read this, and I'm like, no, God knew what he was doing. He knew Zachariah needed to be in the room that day. And while the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. And here's this verse, or here's this sentence that we're going to really latch on to today. God has heard your prayer. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. He will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah, he will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to act the wisdom of the godly. Man, isn't that awesome news? That this couple who thought that they were barren are now expecting a son, and not just any son, but a son with a great calling on his life. But I really want to kind of latch on to verse 13, that sentence, God has heard your prayer, right? Because really the first step in seeing hope is allowing God the space to do what he wants to do. Now, church, God couldn't hear their prayer if they weren't praying. He couldn't hear their request if they weren't offering it, right? And so prayer in this instance is them inviting God into their situation and saying, Lord, we need you. Here's what we have. Will you move? Experiencing hope from God starts by giving him the space to do something. And man, maybe it's just a prayer. Church, maybe that's for you today that all you have to do is just offer prayer to the Lord and say, Lord, this is what I have. And I need you to move. Too often, I think we miss out on hope we can receive from God because we just don't ask. We just don't ask. God wants to do new things in you and I. But we have to give him that space. We have to ask for it. And I can understand that, you know, giving God space may be hard, right? It's not always easy to do that. Because giving God space means admitting that we need him. And maybe you're like me, I'm a little bit stubborn. I don't like admitting that I need help. But man, we need, we need God. I don't know about you. I need him every day. I need him every moment. And there's so much power in admitting that before him and saying, Lord, I need you. I need you in the midst of my situation. God, I'm going through a struggle. I need you to overcome it. 
God, my, my, my daughter's sick. Lord, I need you to move. God, my family's away from you. They, don't, they have no concept of who you are. God, I need you to move in their heart. There's power in admitting that and bringing that before him. Because if we don't, if we don't give him that space, then he can't bring hope. And I think that's what Zachariah and Elizabeth realized is that, man, if we want a child, guess what? We got to open up the space for him to come and do what only he can do. And so that's the first step, allowing God the space, bringing our needs before him and declaring that we need him. But after we create that space, it doesn't end there. We have to believe that God can actually do something. And unfortunately, Zechariah doubted God. He doubted that the Lord could actually do this. Because we continue in verse 18. Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also, along, also well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. You know, I understand where Zachariah was coming from. It's, I mean, in his eyes, it's impossible for them to have a kid, right? But man, Gabriel's so true in what he said. That God's word comes back true. It doesn't come back void. And we have to believe that God will do what he says. You know, imagine getting ready to, you know, expect your first child to come into the world. You know, all the joys of pregnancy. You know, I know nothing about that. Um, but I can imagine that it's probably, in some ways, a joyous time. You know, you're, you're seeing the baby grow, right? You're maybe feeling it kick for the first time. Um, I can imagine him coming home from work and Elizabeth's telling him all these different stories about what's going on. And he can't respond. He can't say a thing. Maybe he can express himself with, you know, his facial expressions, but that's it. Because he doubted. You see, church, I think doubt robs us of hope. It definitely robs us of experience. You know, I remember for my 21st birthday, I wanted to go skydiving. But, I, you know, I think like around that time was when Reagan and I first started dating. And there was so much doubt in my mind, like, man, what happens if I like, you know, my parachute doesn't go off? I just started dating this girl and I, I really like her and I think I see things going, you know, really good. And so all these doubts circulated in my mind, like, oh my goodness, the worst is going to happen. And I chickened out, you know, and maybe it was for the best, who knows. But what I do know is that I didn't get to go skydiving and I really wanted to because doubt robbed me. It robbed me of that experience and, and maybe that hope of, man, I could conquer a fear. But church, doubt doesn't have to rob you. Doesn't have to rob you. Instead, what we should do is what Paul encourages us to do in Philippians 4. Present your requests to God in the midst of doubt and anxiousness. Because presenting our requests is simply laying down our doubts before him and 
picking up faith and saying, God, I believe that you are going to do what you said you're going to do, even in the midst of my doubt. And guess what? God can handle your doubt. He can handle it. Maybe you can't, but he can. And so we don't even have to bring a lot of faith. I mean, he says, bring the faith that you have, but he can handle the doubt if you can bring your faith. And so I think in this moment, all God really wanted of Zechariah was for him to bring his worries before him and still declare that he trusts God's plan. I think God just wanted him to say, God, you know, he wanted Zechariah to just come and be honest and say, God, I'm worried. I don't know how this is going to go. I, I, this doesn't even make sense to me. This is impossible, but I trust you. God, you, you know, I'm nervous. There's, there's so many complications that could happen, but no, God, your word won't come back void. It'll come back true. I think that's all God was asking for Zechariah. Because if we allow God to move in our lives and believe that he can, guess what? We get to experience hope. And that's what they got to experience too. So we're going to skip all the way down to verse 57. It says, when it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard that, the Lord had been very merciful to her. Everyone rejoiced with her. When the baby was eight days old, they all came for the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zachariah after his father. But Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. What? They exclaimed. There is no one in all your family by that name. And usually in this culture, you know, they would name kids. Uh, they would keep family names within the family. And so this was really outside of that, right? But they really wanted to honor God because they saw him come through. And so they, so they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him. He motioned for a writing tablet, and to everyone's surprise, he wrote, his name is John. Instantly, Zachariah could speak again, and he began praising God. That's awesome. You know, I, I love the story. Number one, because, man, God is a gracious God. Zachariah doubted, and yet God still came through in the midst of his doubt. And church, let that be an encouragement to you that he can handle your doubt. He can. But what they believed would never happen, happened for them. The impossible happened. And this baby, John, who would later be John the Baptist, was a big part of the Christmas story. John was the cousin of Jesus and would later prepare the way for people to follow him. He would declare, hey, that's the Messiah. He's coming to save us. He's coming to redeem us. So there is hope in, in the midst of this, this small little thing with Zachariah and Elizabeth, but there was a larger hope in the landscape of humanity that this guy was gonna lead people to the one who would save. A barren couple receives a child who would pave the way for the Messiah. Man, that's so crazy. So church, our God is a God who brings hope in the most unexplainable ways. I've seen that in my life. You know, if you looked at my life, if you looked at how I grew up, my family, 
Maybe a lot of you would think I'd be where I'm at today, but honestly, I had no clue I would. There were moments where I wasn't even following God. I wasn't even desiring God. But God in his mercy moved in my life. And man, brought me a hope that I can't even explain to you. A hope that leads me to do what I'm doing today. And, and, and man, I'm so grateful for that. And I know a lot of you have experienced that in your life. But maybe today, maybe you're lacking hope. Maybe there's situations in your life that, man, are, you know, maybe, maybe you're allowing doubt to rob you. Maybe there's people in your life that need hope because they're at their wit's end. And so church, this message is for everyone today. That God is a God who brings hope. I'm so, I find it interesting that this is the first story that Luke talks about in his book because he could have easily went to the birth of Jesus, but he goes here to Elizabeth and Zechariah. And something I found in this story is that there's hope for us specifically. You know, there was a larger hope in, in God redeeming the world, but there's hope for you today. There was hope specifically for Zachariah and Elizabeth that we can receive. And so God cares about, cares about the world on, on a macro scale, but he cares about you on a micro. What you're going through, what your needs are. And he's here and ready to bring you hope. And so how we respond is we simply allow him to space, right? We say, God, I need you in the midst of my life. Whatever it is, I need you. And I recognize that. And I give you the space. And then we believe. Church, we have faith that God will do what he says he's going to do. Because he's a trustworthy God, right? And so today... Man, if you're here for the first time, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so grateful that you're here. But church, let's leave this place with some hope. And we're going to talk a lot about hope and the good news this month. But let's leave here today knowing that we can have hope in him. Amen? Go ahead, bow your heads, close your eyes where you're at. Man, I'm so grateful. God has been so faithful. And you can read the Bible from beginning to end and see his faithfulness continually. And I love that the good news today for you and for I is that he loves us and that he, draw, he desires to draw near to us and give us hope. And maybe today you walked in not even knowing that there was a God out there that cared about you. Maybe you walked in today without hope. You're like, man, I've been striving and striving and striving and yet receiving nothing. I pray today that the Lord would just speak to your heart and remind you of his truth, that he has hope for you today. And so if that's you today and you're like, man, I really just need some hope. I've never really known this God. I've never really known about Jesus, but today I desire to. I want the hope you're talking about. If that's you, right where you're at, go ahead and slip up your hand. I'm going to pray specifically for you today. Thank you so much. That hope would be your portion today. Church, let's pray. God, we thank you so much. 
man, you are a loving God. And I love the Christmas story that you sent your son as a baby to the world to redeem us so that we could live with you forever. And God, I'm so grateful for these people that have raised their hands today and said, man, I want to know this, God. I want the hope that you're talking about. God, I pray that you would just fill their life today. In Romans 10, it says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that really what that means is that we confess and say that he is who he says he is. He claimed to be the Messiah, the person that would save us from our sins, that would give us eternal life. If we confess with our mouth that that's true and believe in our heart that he came, he died, and he rose again, he conquered sin and the grave, that we can have eternal life in him, have relationship with him. And so, God, I pray for those that believe that today, maybe for the first time or, or maybe they're like me. They walked away and are now coming back and, and believing that again. God, I pray that you would just wrap your arms around them. May they know your love in a real way. And God, may they leave here with hope. And God, I pray for our church. God, I pray that this time and season of life, as we celebrate Christmas, God, I pray that this would be a time of hope for us. Whether it's hope for ourselves or, or hope that we need to share. God, I pray that you would remind us of the good news we have in you. That you love us. You care about us and that you are near to your people, bringing hope to all. God, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for today's message. We look forward to having you back next week.